Hey ladies, welcome to the Happy Body Podcast. I'm your host, Brooke. Does it feel like your brain is on overdrive? Maybe you're struggling with spiraling thoughts, uncertainty, and feeling like you can't relax. Well, hey, I have a solution for you. I'm a hypno coach, and I help women just like you every single day change the way their brains think so they can move through life's ups and downs feeling calm, confident, and energized. Let's dive in. I have a really fun guest on today, Jessica Green. She's an actress, model, and yoga instructor passionate about mind-body wellness. And Jessica has her own live talk show called Root to Rise, product and practices for the mind, body, and soul. Welcome, Jessica. Thank you so much for having me, Brooke. So when I was on your live show, Root to Rise, we started riffing about yoga. You said yoga saved my life and yoga saved my life (laughs) as well. And so I want to hear your story. I love hearing people talk about how yoga impacted them. I talk so much on happy body podcast about subconscious work and what is hypnosis. And one of the things that I'm constantly trying to debunk about hypnosis is that it's actually a very natural state that we all experience daily. It's alpha theta brainwave state and the flow state you get into in yoga is also alpha theta brainwave state. So yoga is a form of hypnosis. For me, when I first went to yoga, I was just going for all the physical reasons. I was going to a hot class. It was Bikram. I was, you know, holding these shapes. Look how good I am. I can balance on one foot, right? All the aesthetic reasons, having no idea what it was going to do for my mental health. And everything started to change after that first class. So Jessica, tell me about how yoga saved your life. So it's so funny you say that your first class was Bikram yoga, because that was actually my first yoga experience, which is a really intense form of yoga. And I started at a very young age. I was a dancer. I was dancing for um, a competitive company, doing dance competitions all on the weekends, starting when I was in sixth grade. So I did that for seven years up until I went to college. And I was always super hyper flexible. I was a ballerina, so I had great balance. My aunt took me to my first yoga class when I was in high school. I think I was a freshman in high school, about 14 years old. And I was in a Bikram yoga class in the suburbs of Boston with a bunch of moms at 8 a.m. on a Saturday morning. That's great. And <laughs> I wish I started yoga when I was 14. <laughs> yeah, I I mean, I was totally out of my own. The biggest thing at first that I noticed is that it taught me how to control my flexibility. And I was super hypermobile. And I started to tap into what it felt like to be strong as well as flexible. And that, I think, is also really empowering in your mind of holding something and breathing through that challenge and then it being over with. And something when it's physical like that, and you go through that experience, it's like anything else the day throws your way is that much easier. And it's weird. It's like you build that mental stamina in these moments, and then you can start to apply that to other aspects of your life. That was the first big change that I found was dealing with these really intense physical postures for less than a minute and what your mind goes through during that minute and how you just breathe through it and then it's over. And then later on in your life, you get into a fight with someone, something happens, a conflict, you're stuck in traffic. It's like you can take that same sort of mentality and apply it there. 
Yeah, it's really interesting. It's a metaphor for life. And in hypnosis, when we're trying to create change, we use imagery and suggestions that are metaphors, things like when Bikram, I remember he used to use like the snap and the word change, right? Yeah. So think about this idea of at any moment, you can just change. Exactly. At any moment, you can change your mindset. At any moment, you can change your perspective, your outlook on how you see something. And it's definitely easier said than done, but just practicing that consistently I totally noticed just the way I approach the world. And I mean, in high school at the time, where you change a lot? There's a lot of drama. I love my family, but there was sometimes like a lot of energy at home and some crazy stuff. And I just needed my own outlet where I could go and relief. And I, dance was always something that was so important to me. And so having a physical expression that let me release what, whatever, whatever was going on in my mind was always a form of therapy for me. But it was also a social element too. I think with yoga, it became a lot more internal and it was a moment for me to kind of tune out anything happening around me. And as a yoga teacher now, you know, you get new students who come in and they're like, I'm not flexible. I can't touch my toes. And I'm like, it's not about that. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. My biggest thing I said, I want you to get out of your head and into your body. Yeah. And notice how these things affect you on a deeper level. This is a big thing. My husband's going to kill me. But when we first started dating and I was teaching yoga, he would, he'd be like, I have to practice before I go to class. Yeah, He's an athlete, right? Competitive mindset. I'm like, honey, that's not what it's about. It's not about perfection. Nobody's looking at you. And I hear this a lot, like this idea of I'm not flexible. It's so much more than being the most flexible person or being able to do any of the postures. Sometimes the yoga is not doing the posture is deciding oh, totally. to just to sit, you know, to, to lie down in Shavasana or child's pose. Totally. So that's the other thing that it really taught me is that I always came from like such a go, go, go mindset. Like my parents are super ambitious. They're really driven. They've always ingrained that in me, which is very important. However, learning how to slow down and stop and pull back was something I always struggled with. And then also being a dancer, being a ballerina, it was all about pushing your body to your limits. Like I had a dance coach that would sit on your hips. And when you're in splits and in these crazy poses, it was breathe through the pain. Yeah. And you're doing point and your feet are bleeding. It doesn't matter. You're pushing through it. You're like trying to get to the next level. Yeah. Where the really cool thing I think about yoga is that whether you're doing Bikram or any other style, even if it's just a vinyasa flow, The postures are always the same. Maybe the sequencing changes. Maybe your instructor changes. The general flow can change. But overall, you're coming back to the same thing every day and to notice how you feel every time. Like there are some days where I can nail every posture and my body feels great. And then there are other days where I'm like, I need to lay in child's pose for like 60 minutes. And that's my yoga practice. And I just need to be here and breathe and that our bodies are not the same day to day. We change just like the weather changes. That's another thing that Bikram used to say and acknowledging that and also realizing that that's okay. And I think a lot of, a lot of the shift now in the mental wellness space, which I really appreciate is not about being happy and positive and feeling your best self every day. Like, of course, that's what we want, but also being vulnerable enough to acknowledge the times where we don't feel that way And then what are the practices that you can do to kind of find that equilibrium? Absolutely. It's, it's a self-compassion practice Mm -hmm. learning to say, okay, this is how it is right now. 
what we learn in yoga is be where yeah. you're at that Meet day. Meet yourself where you're at. Yes. And that translates to mental health when you're able to be like, okay, fuck, I'm tired. I'm sad. I'm angry. It's okay. I feel this way, holding space for it and having some compassion for the fact that you feel that way. And then everything kind of releases, but you learn that skill in a yoga class on your mat, when you're able to be like, I can't do bird of paradise, like this crazy posture legs behind the head. I just can't do it. It's not, my body's not going to do it. Even though other people in the room are doing it. It's okay that I'm not doing that right now. I'm just going to stand here and I'm going to breathe. And yeah. That- and the other big thing too, on that note is comparison. I mean, they say comparison is the thief of joy and mm-hmm. starting yoga at such a young age, especially in high school, where all you do is compare yourself to the people around you. And there's so much social pressure. And then that only gets worse, you know, in college. And what I really found was that it was a way for me to be in a complete void where I wasn't comparing myself to anyone around me, but only to myself. And then going on an even deeper level is to stop comparing yourself to how you were yesterday, how you want to be tomorrow, but just being like, I am here, I'm in the present moment and I'm going to work with whatever I have. And that's good enough for now. Yeah. I stepped away from Bikram yoga a few years ago and I got really into vinyasa and that's the style that I teach. And what I really liked about shifting my practice was that it could be something different every day. And some days I can move more power and more energetically and more physical. And some days I can move really slow and more yin and more relaxed and honor that space within myself. And also as a teacher to be able to take in the energy of the room and what do these people need and how are they feeling? I think the the mental determination that sports give you and yoga gives you is super important. But having that other angle where you're not competing against anyone else but yourself yeah. And I think the determination isn't, I have to do a headstand today. It's, I'm going to stay committed to this one hour I took for myself. And whether I'm following along with the flow or I'm in child's pose or in Shavasana the whole time, it doesn't matter. But I'm committed to being here and to breathing for this set period of time. Yeah. I think that's really the hardest part. Absolutely. And kind of to your point, I know we kind of, you're talking a lot about specifically Bikram in the beginning, but I too, when I first started, that was the type of class that I went to. And I think on some level, because it was heated, because it was really intense. And I, at the time was an athlete and I had a really hard time slowing down. So it spoke to that competitive spirit in me where I was like, that got me in the room. And then slowly over time, I started realizing this is really rigid. I want to be able to flow more. Like to your point, it doesn't always have to be this one way. And then from there, I started doing non-heated classes, vinyasa classes. I am a lot less intense about my practice. The more experienced I became, the less handstands I do. I'm just really intuitive with my body. And I treat it as a moving meditation or a moving hypnosis now. So every class I go to, I'm like, here's a space for me to not have my cell phone. It's a space for me to spend the next 60 minutes dropping in, getting into that trance-like state and spending time in the present moment. Yeah. So the title of my show, Root to Rise, I mean, that is a yoga phrase that has always stuck with me. And it does mean when you're physically grounded, when you're standing, how can you anchor your body down to lift taller, whether you're standing in tree pose, balancing in warrior two, it's like your lower body's rooting you down, your upper body's lifting you up. But 
taking that same ideology and bringing it into your day-to-day life. I mean, I put that in my relationships. I'm like, the more rooted I feel with the people I trust around me in my circle, the more confident I feel to branch out into the world and to find other success, whether it's in my personal life, my creative life, my professional life. But it is, it's going back to those things. And I think finding it on a physical level is like really primal. And that's, yeah. at the end of the day, we're movement and we're breath. And to blend the two is is really magical. Yeah, I love what you said about finding strength in the body and how that translates to your experience off mm-hmm. the mat. Because that was something I remember going to a class several years ago and the entire class we focused on our core and she talked about the chakras and your confidence coming from the core. But you know, it was like, you're building up your abs, you're building up your spine, but she kept referring back to confidence. And I realized now I walked out of that class and I was like, fuck yeah, I can do anything. (laughs) Like totally. Yeah. I start a new business. Right. (laughs) You know, you don't realize the physical strength that translates mentally into your life. And there are days even now that I know when I'm having a harder day, as an entrepreneur, all I got to do is get myself into a yoga studio, (laughs) like just get myself to class. And it reconnects me with my strength within. Totally. I mean, you're the expert on hypnosis, but I mean, at the moment when you're doing crunches and all this abdominal work in class, you're not thinking like, oh my God, the core is the center of my body. And that's going to empower me into all the stuff I do. But because someone was saying that constantly for an hour, and you were in that brainwave state, then two hours later, when you walk out of that class and you're doing something totally unrelated, it does affect you. And it's not something that you notice right off the bat, but once that switch is going to flip and you're like, oh, that it's the internal work that you're doing in this space. Absolutely. And it's the language and the imagery. Your brain learns in images. So you have a thought or some internal self-talk, or there's a mantra or something you're saying to yourself. And without realizing it, that's flashing an image in the brain and that's running a neural pathway and that's creating behavior. It's creating a chemical response in your body. It determines how you perceive your environment. So when you use language like root to rise, ground down through your feet and expand, right? Your brain is like, oh, I understand this. And then it's applying it to other areas of your life. It's creating a framework that it can apply the rest of your life through. It's really fascinating. It is. And I think the most important thing at the end of the day is like, I do try to meditate every day. I have a really hard time sitting still. Mm -hmm. For me, movement is meditation. And I feel much more at ease when I can move through and feel that energy in my body. And then I can sit much more easily for five minutes after yoga practice and be still and meditate. And Shavasana is so important. But that's the hardest thing for me is to Mm -hmm. find that stillness. But I don't... It doesn't matter what you do, but to find something in your life that allows you just to disconnect from whatever's going around you and to connect inward with yourself, I think is the most important thing. That's why like people are always like, oh, is one kind of yoga better than the other? Is this better than this? I'm like, don't compare it. I have people come into my class and be like, because I teach a bunch of different styles. They're like, is this class more intense than this class? I'm like, maybe, but that's perspective. Some people are better at lifting heavy weights. Some people are better at touching their toes and it's all Mm -hmm. personal. And I think to take that into your practice and to to try both, to try everything, and then to see what works for you is what's the most important. You 
hit the nail on the head right there, Jessica. It's like finding what works for you and then do it over and over and over again. Yeah. I mean, even as somebody who practices meditation, I do hypnosis regularly, but when there are days when I wake up and there's just a lot going on and my brain is chattering, I know, like I said before, if I can just get myself down to yoga, that'll calm everything down. So the physical practice, it's almost like you give your critical mind something to do. Like you walk into that class and you're listening. There's a bit of a confusion factor actually to this, by the way. So if you are listening and you're like, I go to yoga and I have the hardest time, I'm like, put my right hand where like left foot where, right. That's actually kind of the point. So if when you're taking a class and they're giving all these directions and you're becoming hyper aware of your body and you're like, lift the low belly, lengthen through the tailbone, ground down through the feet, extend through the spine, right hand here, left hand here, your critical brain, the left side of your brain is like, okay, my right hand. Okay. My left hand. Oh my, oh my gosh, this. And then all of a sudden it's like, I don't know what the fuck is going on. So I'm just going to slip out the back door. Yeah. Cause this is confusing. And that's, and that's when surrender. you drop in that surrender. Yeah. And that is when you drop in to that hypnotic state because the left brain gets tired out. That's when you feel like you're in that flow. And that's when you notice yourself doing things without thinking about it. So like when the teacher is like reverse, it's like your body moves like into that reverse warrior without you actually consciously being like, okay, I'm going to move into reverse warrior. Maybe you don't even know what a reverse warrior is, but your mechanical memory, your body knows. Mm -hmm. So two things on that note. First of all, what we were saying about surrender is like when we get stressed out and anxious, it's because we're trying to control the environment around us. Stepping into a yoga class, it's like, especially as a teacher, I think this is the hardest thing where you know how to sequence, you know how to teach a class. When I take someone else's class, it's not your class to control. I'm here for an hour, whatever, whatever music they're going to play, whatever class they're going to teach, that's what I'm going to do. And to really release that control, but let yourself be fully present in what the world is bringing to you. Again, I think that is such a powerful thing to be able to take off your mat and bring into your day-to-day life. Absolutely. It's funny. When I first started out, it was all about going to my favorite teacher. Yeah. I was very rigid about my teacher, the class, everything that happened in the class, but the more experienced I became. And then when I started teaching yoga myself, now I'm so much more apt to like go to teachers. I don't know, because Mm -hmm. I know that the yoga for me sometimes is taking a class from someone that I'm initially like, "Mm, that's not the way I would do it. Right. That is surrender. I I was living in Prague. I was studying abroad there for a year and I found a yoga studio in Prague. All the classes were in Czech. I spoke a tiny little bit of Czech because I had to take a class, but not yoga phrases. Yeah. And it was the, the deepest yoga I've ever practiced because I was so in tune of things going on around me, but not in the sense that I was like judging it. I just like had to move with the energy of the space because I didn't really understand what the teacher was saying. But on the flip side, she would all of a sudden say a uh, yoga pose in Sanskrit. So I'd hear Virabhadrasana and I'm like, oh my God, I know what that means. And in a whole long check phrase of fast talking and your mind can still pick up on that one word. That's when you're like, wow, I'm really present. Wow. And it's almost like you had to be hyper alert to really understand what was going on around you. Oh my gosh. That is so cool. I would love to try that. Just doing yoga in another yeah. language. I love that. What a practice. Yeah. We should actually start in- something here. We're <laughs> <laughs> right? in LA, Let's get some bilingual like, teachers yeah. to uh, do a workshop. 
And Do it actually, in this German. past weekend, whole class yeah, in German. I, I, I was in only non-German speaking people invited. <laughs> I was in Miami this past weekend, and I took a yoga class in Spanish, and I speak Spanish, and like I knew certain things, but then again, it was like I was really trying to understand what she was saying, and I was so focused. Versus sometimes when you take a class, you're like, okay, I know what's coming next. I'm just going to kind of move at your own pace where you're like, no, like really listen and hear what they're saying. Well, and it's also like this mindset of leaning into the discomfort. And that's what I think we learn. The more you practice yoga, the more you learn, this is not about being the best person in the room. It's not about knowing every pose. It's about actually being okay with the discomfort, walking into a room where you don't understand the language. You've never yeah. been there before. It's a completely new, maybe you're in a new country or where, wherever you are, a new place and completely surrendering to that and being like, okay, well, let's just see how this goes. That is the yoga. It's, yeah. and what, it's wherever your edge is that day. Whatever you don't want to be happening is the yoga. And what if you stepped into a first date, a business meeting, whatever it was with that same mentality of like, I'm not going to try to control the situation. I'm just going to be present and see what, the result of it is like, I think that is really when the greatest things come into your life is when you least expect it, but you're just there for it. Well, I think we should wrap it up on that note because that is I, a mic drop. Oh, okay. <laughs> there you go. Boom. You'll tell everybody where we can find you. So I am on all social media platforms as Jessica dot Lelia, L-E-L-I-A. And then if you go to market, dot live.com that is where you'll find my talk show route to rise that airs every wednesday from 3 30 to 4 p.m pacific time cool yeah, and, and i'm gonna I've... link to all of that below if you're ready to claim control over your mind so you can get out of stress mode and start feeling better in the body one-on-one hypnotherapy is a tool that will speed up your results So click the link below and schedule a free 30-minute call and let's chat about how to get you results in your mind and body that will actually stick.